All right, welcome back. So four more charges in Donald Trump's indictment. Third criminal investigation into Donald Trump. This one pertains to the 2020 presidential election in January 6th. Matthew Schneider is the former U.S. attorney for the Eastern District of Michigan, now a partner at Hahnemann Law, and he joins us. Matthew, great to have you. Uh, What did you make of these charges uh, as we were getting the idea that they were coming, uh, but now they were officially released last night? What did you make of them? There's not a lot in here that we didn't already know. There might be a couple things, but for the most part, this was already played out a bit in the media, so it's not entirely surprising. I think if if I step back from this and I look at the relative strengths of these cases, I would actually rank the Mar-a-Lago documents case as being the strongest one with the easiest to understand uh, for the jury. This one would be behind that for sure. Longer, complicated, unique, hasn't been brought before. And then the third one in last place is the New York case by uh, those prosecutors, which is kind of hard to dissect and difficult as well. So it's kind of where it falls in here. Again, there's strengths on both sides, but it's it's absolutely not a slam dunk. And there would be some real difficulties for Jack Smith and his team. One of the difficulties that I see from a non-legal mind is uh, on the obstruction of an official proceeding charge. Um, from what I've been able to gather, the U.S. Court of Appeals in D.C. has has a split definition on this on this what would be considered a crime when there are uh, judges that have at least agreed that in some cases uh, the 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 rioters who were at the Capitol on January 6th were charged with this charge. But but it, there is some gray area here, it seems, at least from from the the Court of Appeals in D.C., Yes, and how this makes this case a little bit unique, it's a conspiracy to obstruct the vote, right? It's it's a little bit detached from that, where the conspiracy charges where President Trump is alleged to have agreed that this is his uh, desire to do this. And in fact, they also not only charged conspiracy, but they charged attempt, an, an attempt to do this. And when you do that under the law, it's much easier to prove conspiracy and attempt than it is the actual uh, flat-out crime. And that detaches it a little bit and would make it a little bit easier for the prosecutors in this particular case. I feel in in any case it's it falls on the prosecuting team to to prove guilt, right? So they have to come with all of the evidence that shows uh Donald Trump uh, uh you know obstructed an official proceeding or conspired against the rights of of people from enjoying their federal uh constitutional rights. That's difficult enough. But from Donald Trump's perspective, you know, he can say that he surrounded himself by aides or attorneys or whomever that he trusted when he was told that the election was stolen. And that's the narrative that he believed and perpetuated. How difficult is it going to be for prosecutors in this case to prove guilt beyond a shadow of a doubt? That is exactly the issue at this case. It's about about proving intent. And the president, he doesn't have to testify. He doesn't have to say a darn thing. He's innocent until proven guilty. He can have his lawyers make arguments for him. But you're you're right. The the argument here is that Trump's 
top advisors, the people closest to him, his attorney general, his cabinet members, his senior staff, they told him, look, you've lost. You haven't won this election, and you should give up, and, and it's, there's no way forward. And his defense may very well be, I didn't have to listen to my top advisors. And, you know, there's precedent for that. In fact, uh, LBJ, FDR, President Lincoln, they didn't listen to their top advisors either. They got counsel from elsewhere. So Trump's defense, which is a viable one, could be, look, I took advice from people like John Eastman and Rudy Giuliani. They might have been wrong, but just because I followed their wrong advice doesn't give me the intent to commit a crime. This is much different from the Mar-a-Lago documents case, which he had them in his possession. This is very different, and it's a lot harder for the prosecution, I think, to prove. Um, you know, the other part in all of this, too, is is Mike Pence feels like his evidence that he has put forward, whether it's through testimony uh, or now, as we know, from notes that he took, uh, during this meeting on January 5th, where Donald Trump allegedly told the vice president then that he needed to to block the certification of these votes to not go through because the election was stolen. Um, Mike Pence uh, disagreed. He said he wasn't going to do that. He said that would be unconstitutional and he's not above the Constitution. And so Donald Trump basically said, well, that's a shame. I'm going to have to blast you in public. H- how big of a linchpin is potentially Mike Pence's evidence that he's put forward going to be in this case. It's pretty big because he actually had direct conversations with the president, and those would go to his intent. And what his intent was, was to actually disrupt the vote. That's exactly what Pence would be testifying to. And interestingly, you mentioned Pence, but there's all kinds of other people who could be witnesses in this case, including the president's own family. He had some conversations with them. And then we have all of these co-conspirators who apparently are Rudy Giuliani, Sidney Powell, Jeff Mm -hmm. Clark, they're co-conspirators today, but they could be charged defendants tomorrow, next week. They could be witnesses. There's all kinds of people who could be coming out of the woodwork into this case, and we could even see additional charges down the road. You brought something up that I want to revisit just briefly, and that this is not the slam dunk of a case that maybe the classified documents case is. Um, and, and not that any of these cases are slam dunks, but in terms of the viability of them, um, I, I think you mentioned uh, uh, Mar-a-Lago being number one, this one, two, and then the case out of New York, number three. How important is it, especially when you consider on the heels of the Durham in, uh, report or even this case with Hunter Biden and the DOJ and his defense team not even being on the same page with a simple plea deal? How important is it in your mind that the DOJ get this right, that that they actually bring these charges when they've got the evidence, because if they, I'll tell you, if they don't have the evidence and they bring this forward and, and Donald Trump uh, is not charged and he's not brought up on these charges, it is not a good look for the DOJ. I think it's a lot worse than that, Chris. This is not just some ordinary case, as we all know. 
I believe this is the most important criminal case ever brought in the history of the United States. It's a charge of, against a former president who's running for president. What else could be more important and significant in what we've seen? And if the president's convicted, he could go to prison. We've never seen anything like this before. So that means that the burden on the prosecution is so significant because you're right. If they bring this charge and he's acquitted – that is a tremendous failure for the system. Some might say if you bring the charge and he's convicted, that's a tremendous failure for the system. Either way about it, we're going to have very hurt feelings on both sides in this country because of this case for many years to come. I know we've talked about Jack Smith before, and, and he is highly regarded uh, in the DOJ and, and as a, a prosecutor and a legal mind. J- just, uh, again, remind us who Jack Smith is and 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 kind of his credentials. So Jack Smith is a seasoned veteran prosecutor with the Justice Department. He's prosecuted cases around the world. I actually have witnesses involved in this investigation myself, and I've represented them, and I've interacted with Jack Smith's team, the special counsel's team. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you, this is a very meticulous operation. It's very step-by-step, no stone unturned. They're very thorough. But then again, don't read into that 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 means it's a slam-dunk case. As I said before, you can be as meticulous as you want. When you get that jury pool in the box, if you haven't done a good job of selecting good jurors, that can go haywire either for the prosecution or for the defense. And in criminal trials, Anything can come up at the last minute. They're very unpredictable. Matthew Schneider, always good to uh, allow us to let you uh, let us pick your brain. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll talk soon. Uh, in the meantime, you want to weigh in 800-859-0957, 800-859-0WJR. It continues to be the biggest story of today. And I'll tell you what, here's the other part of this story, too. Some of the rhetoric that's coming out of Donald Trump's opponents is very interesting. We'll talk about that next on JR Afternoon.